He doesn't have to do his part. We do our part, we do it the way he says to do it, and he'll bless. He'll meet us there. He'll meet us all the way. Yeah, and yes, there's grace. But there's usually grace for newbies. There's grace for children. I know. Man, when I came back to the Lord back in, in 1987, 6, 86, because we got married in 87, spring of 87, 6, so 30 years ago, when I came back to him, there was all kinds of grace. Man, I did some really stupid things after coming back to God. And praise God for his grace. But I soon found out that that grace only goes so far. His grace for us. And, and it isn't that it, it, the grace only goes so far and then, you know, a lightning bolt comes out of the sky and torches us and we're done. No, he'll just stand back. Why? The scripture says he gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. And doing things our own way is pride. Doing the way, doing things the way I want to do them. Doing things the way, uh, the, you know, this is the Minnesotan way. It's the whatever way. But we do things the way we do the, we do, if we do anything in pride, he has no reason to fulfill. I heard a, a speaker say one time, he had, you know, he was a, a pastor, a minister traveling and so on and so forth, and he went into a town, and one of the things he taught on quite a bit was, was prayer. And he says, you know, the, the local church, they said, you know, we've been praying and we've been praying for our community and we've been praying that, that God will move mightily. And, and, uh, he says, uh, but he says the, the pastor of the church said, but the problem is we're being opposed by some spirit. Something in the spirit world is opposing us and we don't know what it is. First three rows, these two sections. There's one right there, two over there. We got space. We got lots of space. And he said, he's telling this traveling minister, he says, we don't understand it. There's a spiritual power that's opposing us, stopping us from completing what we believe God is wanting us to do. And he says, we can't figure it out. What is it? And the, and the traveling minister said, oh, I, you know, I'll, I'll pray. We can pray and I'll see what God says. So the whole, you know, he starts praying and, and starts seeking God and the whole, and he says, Lord, what spirit is 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 holding these people back from doing what you've called them to do? And and the Holy Spirit says, "Me." And He said, "You? Why would you hold them back from doing what you, they believe that you've called them to do?" He says, "Because I resist the proud, and I give grace to the humble." First three rows, up two sections. Good. All right. So now. So here, here's, you know, and, and here is, it's not fun for me. It's not fun for me to be the, okay, here's the deal, folks. But I should be more, you know, I'm a leader. I shot, you know, here's where I've got to change. First three rows, these front two sections, oh yeah. I just got done talking about grace to the, to the humble. So come on up, Ricky. I'll point you out. I don't care. I don't care. I know what the deal is. Come up here anyway. There's a seat right over by Tally. Love you. I love you. I love you, Tal. I love you, Ricky. No, no, I can't. I can't. So that's the deal. Ricky. No, Sid. I got it. I got it. <laughs> now, see now, and you, and you think, well, come on, come on, really? No, there are some. There's, why aren't we seeing the the hand of God move? It's because we 
resist. We are, we don't, we'll do it so far. We'll do it as far as we're comfortable. We've got to stop that. We have to stop. All right. So the Lord told me there's a few things that I have to do. There's some, some things that I, he expects. Bible, this is a, this is a, a healing school. Healing school is different than a Sunday morning church service. And you can see it already. It's already different. Um, the second thing, it is healing school. Number one, did you bring your textbook? Did you bring your textbook? Now, your textbook could be an electronic. Your textbook today could be the person sitting next to you. I will allow that. But from here on out, bring your Bible. Bring your Bible. It is your textbook. Like I told, like Jen Logan asked, they're going to be listening by, by recording. Is it recording, Ethan? Oh, hallelujah. She asked, is there any text? Is there any assignments? Yes, the text is the Bible. The assignment is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Second thing is notes. I see a bunch of people with notes out. Now, I know you can take notes on your electronic device. If you do not have a piece of paper, here's pieces of paper. Here are pens. And so I'm going to put... No? Did you just say no? Really? You're going to push me on this, huh? Put Vince in charge. He's going to hand all that out. Okie dokie. Let's pray, and we will begin. Father, we come before you, and Lord, humbly on the outside, hopefully humbly on the inside, we come and we seek you, Lord, because, Father, we're, <laughs> we've got a lot to learn. We've all got a lot to learn. I'm so far away from everything that you said we could do. Be. And my heart and, and our heart is to draw close to you and to walk every day more in the fullness of your power. More every day in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Lord, because we want to please you, we want to honor you, and we want you to be glorified through our lives. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Ethan, can you take me down just a little bit more? It's a little distracting for me up front. Okie doke. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 11. I'm going to read. You can follow along. I'm using the ESV version. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 15 said, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head that is Christ." The full measure, the full measure. 
and will no longer be infants tossed back and forth. Healing. Healing is that hot button issue that can, can just separate two groups of people instantaneously. The, the topic of healing, the topic of, of God healing somebody is so, I just had somebody tell me this week, remember we were, we were having breakfast yeah, this week and they said that, that the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit and healing can be one of the most divisive uh, topics in the body of Christ. It, it splits churches. It causes people to quit coming to church. It causes people to quit following God. It has just, it's one of those things that is so personal that most churches, you, they take a hands-off view. They, they quit, they quit trying. Because in, when you try, and I, I've been, I've been really trying not, I don't want to use this example because somebody here knows the person who said it. And, but I, I just, it has been rolling in me ever since I heard it. They said, I don't ever pray. This person just told me recently, I don't pray for people to be healed because if they are not healed, I don't want them to be disappointed in God. Inside, I just wanted to scream. And I just, you know, I get, it was everything I could do to gather myself and I just very quietly said, the thing is, if you don't pray for them, they'll never be healed. And they could die. This is, this is so important. Why did Jesus, I mean, every, you know, every story, every scripture, all these different things, all the way through all four gospels, and then it carried on into Acts, in the book of Acts, that everywhere they went, they went about healing. And yet today we see less than 19%. We're missing it. We're missing it. Partly because we're not serious. I mean, I know we're serious inside. We really want to be healed, especially when we're sick. We want to be healed. We desire it with all that we want. And we really want it for our kids. Or our husband, or our wife, or our family member, whomever. We really want it. But one of the things that we need to understand is that God is not moved by want. God is not moved by desire. God is not moved by hope. The only way, the only reason He is obligated to do anything, and obligated is a very tricky word. He's obligated only because He's obligated Himself. Not because we're forcing him to do something. He wants to heal. And he said, if you do what I tell you, if you're obedient to what I tell you, you're healed. You'll walk in healing. And so it, when, when we do our part, he's just like, yes, finally, let's do it. He's waiting for us. He's expecting us to fulfill our part. And so... But this is such a hot-button issue. It's so hard. It's so... Ugh. But we want to get there. Now, Kathy, I'm so sorry. I know you don't want to be anywhere closer than anybody else, but I'm making everybody move up. So... Can you move up? <laughs> I know you sat down. I know. Ricky, can you slide over two, two spots closer to... You won't move closer to Tally? Okay. <laughs> I, okay. We close enough. We've become. We've gotten as close as Minnesotans dare. So you can, you, Kathy. You have a t today only. You can sit in the fourth row. But one of the problems is 
we don't want to... Two things. One, one is we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. And two, we don't want to stick our neck out. The real reasons why we don't see more healings is because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and we don't want to stick our neck out. And this verse right here, this, these verses, Ephesians 4, says we need to grow up. We need to, we need to come into unity. We need to, to grow into the fullness of Christ. And we do that by verse 15, speaking the truth in love. Jesus went about doing good. But whenever he came into, whenever he came in contact with religiosity, and religiosity is anything that, that, that takes away the power of God. Whenever he came into a situation where religiosity was set up as, as the, the reason why not, he attacked it. And he attacked it without mercy. I mean, that's why the religious leader said, oh, not us. Not us. You, you know, you, you're, you know, you're asking too much of this, or you're, t- you can't do it this way, or you can't, you can't heal on, on Saturday. You can't, you can't heal on the Sabbath. Jesus said, why not? Where, where did you get this? Oh, you, you can't expect this. And today it's, well, you can't say, you can't say, well, that, that symptom or that sickness or whatever is, is a demonic force. Because what, what if you hurt the person's feelings? Well, what if we're so worried about hurting the person's feelings that we don't deal with it directly the way it's supposed to be done and they stay sick and die? We have to quit being politically correct. We have to start being spiritually correct. And spiritually correct, Jesus was very blunt. And many times he offended people on purpose. Part of the reason I believe he's saying that the Holy Spirit said make people sit in the first three rows is he's saying, what are you going to do about being offended? Here's your first opportunity. Here's your first choice. What are you going to be? How are you going to react if I say from now on you're bringing your Bibles? How are you going to react when I say that's it? We're going to start taking notes. Take notes. Study these notes. Study these things. Every one of those things, you know, as Americans, it's like, well, who does he think he is? I quit, I quit having to listen to teachers like you when I was in whatever grade you dropped out in. <laughs> and I know, I know, cause I'm there too. I just, I have this, this individuality streak that runs deep and it, Wow. <laughs> and your your spouse knows the boat, you know, knows it the most, right? If if it's not your idea, then we'll never do it, right? We'll never do. That's what that's how I am. If it's not my idea, it's not an idea. But but that's why we're still neck deep in this sludge. Because the church has been acting like infants, doing it the way we want to do it. Living it the way we want to live it. I'll only go this far, God. I'll only follow you this far. I'll only do to to this level. I'll only commit to this much. And because of it, we have been absolutely, not only shortchanging ourselves, but we're shortchanging the world. 
The world is dying and go to hell. Because we won't be the church. And that's got to stop. That's, that has to stop. It has to end. We have to take that step over the line and say, that's it. I'm going to be who Jesus called me to be. To my own hurt. To my own hurt. To my own, to my own pain. You know, Jesus said, if you don't take up your cross every day, if you don't die to yourself every day, then you can't follow me. You can't, you can't do it. So if we're not dying every day, if we're not, then we're not seeing it. We're, then we are short. We're something wrong. If, if we're not having to say to ourselves, okay, I'm going to do this. I don't want to. I personally, John Neitzel does not want to do this, but I'm, but here we go. It just happened to me on Monday. Didn't expect it. The last thing I expected. And I'm going to be telling some stories and, I, and I'm going to leave names out and that's, that's the way it's going to have to be. But Monday, I had, I had not planned on having a spiritual moment. I just didn't. Wasn't, wasn't on my, wasn't on my calendar to have a moment where I was going to have to number one, die to myself and number two, have to trust God. But I had a meeting and I had a meeting with a heathen. And this person, we've, we've talked many times, they, the person has asked questions, we, I've had opportunities to share what I believe that, you know, who God is and, and what God, you know, and he's just, he's a, he's a, he's a very bad old Catholic. He's tired of the church, tired of God, doesn't want anything to do with him. And on Monday I had a meeting with him. And I walked in and you know how you say things just because you say, everybody say, how are you doing? I said, how are you doing? And he goes, terrible. I said, what do you mean? And he says, he says, I'm having trouble. I don't know what the problem is. He says, I'm having trouble with my mind. I'm having trouble remembering things. I'm having trouble using logic. He says, he says, I, I think I may have had a stroke. I think I may have had this. And the Holy Spirit says, pray for him. Which would have been wonderful had I not been in the middle of a very busy coffee house. People everywhere around us, sitting at all the tables around us, and he's just going, you know, and the Holy Spirit's saying, pray for him, pray for him, you know, and okay, you're the pastor, of course, it just flowed out of you, you know, I'm sure. No, I have the same arguments going on in my head as you do. I don't want to embarrass anybody, I don't want to offend, I don't want to, what if it gets out of hand? Well, we have to die to ourselves. There's a reason God had that person and my, and my, and I meet right in that spot with all everybody else around, and so I just said, I, I said it before I could argue anymore, can I pray for you? And he said yes, and he grabs my hand from across the table, and he holds on with two hands, and I just started praying. In the name of Jesus, I command your mind, you know, just woo! And nothing happened. Yeah, it did. But nothing in the natural. I didn't, you know, there weren't any lights there. He didn't jump up, start running around the room going, I'm free! None of that, none of the stuff you would really want to have happen at that moment, but I had to do it by faith. But one of the things we, we have to, first point, first big point, put it on your, on your notes, your card, your star it, put Ephesians 4 next to it, is we can't be politically correct anymore. We're done. Calling it the way it is. God heals today. 
We have lost people from this church in the last year because we, we dared to say, God heals today. He heals in every situation. He wants to heal every time. He does heal all every time. Well, but what about when I'm not healed? Then there's something wrong. And it's not God's fault. We have to be willing to say to ourselves, I didn't, I don't, I must not have done something right. I must be, and it's not, oh, I'm such a horrible person. I'm such a, such a, oh, I'm such a, oh, what, what, what a hole. I'm, I just want to give up. I quit. I quit, God. I just quit. No. It's, you find, okay, Lord, what did I, what's, what am I doing wrong here? He says, this is what you're doing wrong. Fix it and move on. He's good. He isn't here. He's not doing this to beat you up. He's doing it to help us. As a, as children, when you have children, my kids were never like this, but when they did something wrong, you corrected them. And you didn't correct them to, 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 to hurt their feelings and to, and to ridicule them and to, you know, to, just to point out their faults. No, you're correcting them because you know there's so much more potential in them. And then they prove it by doing it the way that you're, you're supposed to. That's what God wants us to do. Every time He corrects us, it's not to, to beat us down, it's to correct us so that then we, we understand that there's a better way to do it. And we embrace that and walk in it. But we have to be able to call it what it is. We have to be able to be truthful, speaking the truth in love. Second point, and you're going to hear about this a bunch, and, and I apologize. I apologize as the pastor of River Valley Christian Church that in any way, shape, and form that I have ever backed away, and, and, and backing away isn't even the right term, slowing down, uh, ignoring, whatever, whatever it really needs to be called. I'm not, I'm not sure yet the best way to say it, but on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is after salvation, the most important thing you can do. After salvation. I mean, you must, you, people, you must be saved. We, people must be born again. But after that, Jesus told his disciples, I mean, he had just spent three years with his disciples. He had just taught them. They had actually gone out under his authority and healed people. Did all this, all the miracles. So they had already operated in it, but he said, now I'm going to leave. He told them that before he died. He told them that after he rose from the dead. He says, I'm going to leave. And when I do, the Holy Spirit is coming. He's going to help you. He's going to lead you into all truth. He's going to give you the power to be a witness. You need him. Don't leave Jerusalem without him. And the Holy Spirit is a him. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit's not an it. You don't get it. <laughs> you get Him. You're baptized with Him. He is a person. He is a person who communicates. He is a person who, who uh, helps and understands and sympathizes and empathizes and empowers and lifts you and, and, and leads you. And, it, and there's, a, there's a give and take in the relationship just like with Jesus. Just like with the Holy Spirit. Now, obviously, we're not going to get into the whole Trinity thing. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is absolutely vital. 
Absolutely vital. Absolutely vital. I cannot say it enough. And in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we need to grow in our understanding and in our proficiency of, of cooperating with Him. And it doesn't happen one time. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen with one laying on of the hands or, or one service. or It happens by continually, day in, day out, all the time. cooperating with Him, listening to Him, speaking, praying in the Spirit. The way we communicate with Him is by praying in the Spirit. Turn with me. So the next big point is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's the biggie. It's the one. You've been there. And that's the thing is, you know, everything I'm going to share, you've heard before. Every bit of it. If you've been around churches like these for any length of time, you have heard this and heard this and heard this. My prayer is through this healing school. My prayer is that this time it catches for all of us. There's still things I need to just oh, latch on to. There's, there's, there, there are truths and, and depths and, 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 uh, uh, you know, uh, all of it. it. Just, there's parts I need to, I need to grasp a hold of it and to, 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 in, you know, to grow in, in every way. But it's just the same verses, but hopefully every time we meet, some, you all of a sudden, something else goes inside of you, inside of me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 1, says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, <clears throat> excuse me, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, <clears throat> excuse me, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each, underline that, underline it, underline it, underline it, highlight it, stars, big smiley faces. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Is there anyone here that has not been given a gift by the Holy Spirit? Exactly. To each. All of us. Now, do not raise your hand. This is a hypothetical? Hypothetical? Right? I think it's hypothetical. Hypothetical. It's a hypothetical question. How many? Rhetorical. That's the word I'm looking for. Rhetorical. Who got it first? Ding, 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 ding. You get a gold star. This is a rhetorical question. How many of you have not operated in a spiritual gift? That number goes up. Why? Lots of reasons. Lots of reasons. And, and they're not, they're not, oh, shame. No. Until you've been taught, until you've learned, until you've grown in it, 
You don't know how to. And you may have done something by accident that you didn't even know that you were operating in the Spirit, but you couldn't, you couldn't, you know, label it and say, well, that's, that happened on this day. No, because you just didn't know that that was even part of it. You're gonna learn. As time goes on, you'll learn that it's amazing how many times you've actually operated by the Spirit and didn't even know it. I mean, we've raised our kids by the Spirit. There's been, there were many times where, where I remember one time when, when Ethan wanted to go and, and spend some time with friends. And in this, in that situation, we always let him go. We just all, it just, it was never a question. Yeah, you can go over and do this with your friends. You can, yeah, sure. And, and many times, and one time he came and said, can I do this? And both Deb and I went, no. No. I, I don't know why other than in my spirit, I knew that time, no, you can't go do it. And I know they've operated in the spirit. One night, one night, Ethan went to go stay at a friend's house, and halfway through the night, he came home, got, came in the house, and said, "What are you doing home?" And he goes, "I just thought there was something going on." Exactly, hearing the voice of the spirit and operating in that—that's that's a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, whatever it is. It is a gift of the spirit to help you be more effective and to protect you and to do all those things, and and that that is. That spirit, that is the same spirit who does all of those things. Verse 7, To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same spirit. To another faith by the same spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one spirit to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. Turn over as I make some comments on that to Luke chapter 11. Excuse me. I won't be eating dinner before next week's meeting. That's I make all kinds of noises when uh, I you save it for afterwards. There we go. I apologize. I apologize. God gave us the Holy Spirit to fill us and to empower us. The Old Testament prophets only could do what they did because they were the Holy Spirit came upon them. The 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 prophets, the kings, uh, different people, the Holy Spirit came on them. They did not fill them; He came on them, and. They were able to do miraculous things. Samson was able to break chains. Uh, uh, you know, people were healed. They could see into the future. They could do all of those things, what we just read, but because the Holy Spirit came on them. Things changed when Jesus rose from the dead. The Holy Spirit no longer came on people. He came into people. He restored the relationship between God and man, and made it possible for the Spirit of God to once again dwell with man all the time, day in, day out, 24 hours a day, the rest of your life. And as we we yield to Him and we allow Him to fill us, 
and then yield to Him as He leads us and guides us, we will do amazing things. Amazing things. But we have to work with Him. And He resists the proud. The Bible, the New Testament says we can grieve the Holy Spirit by how we act, how we do things. And so we need to be, we need to be careful not to grieve the Holy Spirit. So it's a relationship. And he's not a fickle teenager. Sorry, teenagers. He's not, his emotions are not raw and, oh, you hurt my feet. No, he's God. He understands the situation. He understands when, 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 I'll say me, when I'm a jerk. He understands when I'm being disobedient. He understands and he knows exactly how to, how to help me, how to fix it, how to stop it, how to make me understand. And he's, he's, sometimes he's very gentle. Sometimes he's very straightforward, very direct. But he, but it's a relationship. I can hear his voice and I know it's him. Why? Because for 30 years I've been listening for his voice. And for 30 years, I've been practicing obedience. I I practice obedience. I hear His voice. I do it. And it works amazingly. Huh. That's the voice of God. And I I hear that voice again. And I do it. And it works out amazingly. Supernatural things. Amazing. And then I hear the voice and I don't do it. It doesn't work out very well. Huh. Chalk that up for another lesson. Here's my edges. But over 30 years, I have a relationship with Him. And he wants to draw us closer and closer and closer. He expects me to, to obey him much quicker than he did 30 years ago. Much more willingly. He doesn't give me a pass anymore when I do it. Okay, God, I'll, I'll serve you. I'll, I'll, I'll obey. No, he's like, don't even bother. But it's that relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that relationship can only be developed through prayer and tongues. Prayer and tongues and obedience. Well, I, I, I never received the gift of tongues when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. You didn't receive the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues is only given as He wills. And He could will right now to use somebody in the gift of tongues, what we just read about, That's never operated in it before. He could decide to do it right this second. Because if he wills, he can do it. And then he, then he has to have you be obedient. And there's a whole, you know, whole cascading set of criteria that happens. But you didn't receive the gift of tongues, but you did receive a prayer language. Every one of us, every one of us, every one of us received a prayer language when we were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Every one of us. It is the, it is the way the Holy Spirit communicates with us. And we communicate with the Holy Spirit. Yes, He understands English very well, better than you do. But, when we pray in the Spirit, a number of things happen. One of them is our natural understanding, and you could read Corinthians. Your assignment for next week is to read 1 Corinthians 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. It's about the Holy Spirit. He's giving a church, the Corinthian church, for anybody who went through the book of Corinthians way back when, he's writing a letter to the Corinthian church because, not because they weren't doing anything, it's because they were just, they, they had this newfound power and they were going, woo! 
And they were running all over the place with it. They were doing all kinds of goofy things. It was because they were abusing the power, not because they wouldn't walk in the power. And nowadays, a lot of people will use 1 Corinthians as a C. You shouldn't operate in the Spirit because if you do it wrong, you're going to breathe. You know, no. He was talking to a bunch of people that were going, we have power. He's given us power. Watch. And they would all just get into a meeting and everybody started speaking in tongues. Which, okay, you know, they were, like he said, you know, in, in, in this, in these passages, Paul said, he says, you know, your, you, your, your spirit is being edified. Your mind is unfruitful because you don't know what you're saying. And I don't know what you're saying and you don't know what he's saying. And nobody knows what anybody's saying. Your mind isn't getting anything. He said, that's why you should also preach. You know, take some time in your meetings to preach. Not just all pray in the spirit. That's what they were doing. They were all praying in the spirit the whole time. Now, there are times when we should all pray in the Spirit, even in a meeting. And tonight, we're going to. We're going to take some time. We're going to pray in the Spirit tonight. But we do it in a believer's meeting for a purpose. And you don't have to have an interpretation for that because it's not the gift of tongues. It's not a prophetic gift of tongues or a a revelation, a a revelatory gift of tongues. It is your personal prayer language. And when we pray together... In the Spirit, it is it. What we're doing is we're just getting aligned with what the Holy Spirit is saying. So, I am convinced, 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 convinced that the reason we don't see more supernatural is because in in meetings, in in public, in this, you know, in in people's lives outside of the church, is because we're not praying in the Spirit to the level that we should be. I'm not praying in the Spirit in the level that I should be. Now, in the last few weeks, and really beyond that, but especially the last few weeks, <clears throat> I have been going for it. I have been. I have spent more time praying in the Spirit than I have in a long time. And I can see, I, I can, I can ex- I'm experiencing an increase of understanding, an increase of power, and... If I don't go there, you won't go there. So I'm telling you what, I'm challenging you to try to keep try to keep up, because I'm going to start praying in tongues all the time, and we're going to and I'm going to encourage our church as a whole, but especially us, especially this group, we're going to start praying in the Spirit more and more and more. We're going to start, we're going to pray here in just a little bit, but we're every day. I encourage you tomorrow morning when you get up, the Holy Spirit, I guarantee you, will prompt you to pray in the Holy Spirit. He will prompt you to pray in the Spirit. And when He does, yield. Do it. You can pray in the Spirit. About the only thing you can't do in the morning, praying in the Spirit, is drink your coffee, eat your toast, and brush your teeth. And He could try. It'd be fun. It'd be fun to watch. But that's probably the only thing you can't do. Everything else, you can be in the shower and you can pray in the Spirit. You can be making breakfast, making your lunch, whatever it is, and you can pray in the Spirit. You can pray in the Spirit driving to work. You can pray in the Spirit while you're at work. You can pray in the Spirit with people sitting next to you and they don't even know it. I prayed in the Spirit most of the flight home. And the guy next to me didn't even know it. I don't think. Maybe he's already sitting there going, Oh my gosh. I have an absolute freak sitting next to me. Wouldn't be the first time. But you can pray in the Spirit all the time. But... 
what happens is when you start praying in the Spirit, after you haven't prayed in the Spirit for a while, is all kinds of doubts and all kinds of insecurities and all kinds... Well, how do I know that it's really the Holy Spirit? Turn to Luke chapter 11. You should have done that. I love it. I can hear it. You're already there. Verse 9, starting with verse 9. It says, And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find knock and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives everyone who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened what father among you verse 11 so luke chapter 11 verse 11 says what father among you if his son asks for a fish will instead give a instead of a fish give him a serpent or if he asks for an egg will give him a scorpion If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? If you ask, you receive. If you ask God to give you the Holy Spirit, that's what He gives you. He Holy Spirit. It's, there's no, uh, I I absolutely love, many of, many of you remember Tom Johnson. Tom Johnson was preaching on the Holy Spirit one day, and he said something that absolutely revolutionized my understanding of this. He said, the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is not speaking in tongues. The evidence of being filled with the Spirit is that you asked. It's by faith. By faith, you receive the Holy Spirit. And then by faith, you begin to pray in the Spirit. And I'm going to tell you my testimony really quickly. Tonight wasn't isn't all about the baptism of the Spirit, but this middle third is. So it's it's important. You're going to hear a bunch of, about this because we need our whole church to be in tune with the Spirit. Because when we when when God continues to open up opportunities for ministry, for prayer, for healings, for miracles, signs and wonders. It's only going to be done because you hear His voice and then you have the power to step out by faith and do it. And that only comes by praying in the Spirit. So years ago, in uh, 1986, 1986, I, I rededicate my life to the Lord. I was a good Baptist kid and... I was, uh, I grew up in a, in a Baptist church, either a Baptist or a congregational church, uh, all 18 years of my life when I was walking with God. Got saved when I was four and walked away from God from age 18 until 23. In that time, total idiot, don't want to talk about it. <clears throat> but when I came back, I had to walk away from everything. I had to walk away from friends. I had to walk away from anything that anything that looked like my old life because it was so easy to step back into it and it was just i because that's what i all i knew for all those years and so what i would do is i'd go to work and then i would come home and i would sit and read the bible for hours and hours and hours i'd get home at two o'clock three o'clock i would read until i fell asleep at 10 o'clock at night seven hours a day i would read the bible i'd get up in the morning i start reading the bible before i went to work I read the Bible Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, start back over on Monday, seven days a week, seven plus hours a day. <coughs> Excuse me. I was reading through the New Testament at least two to three times every month, easily. Without, I mean, that's just, and I did that for a full year. 
All I did all the time in my free time was read the Word, read the Word, read the Word, read the Word. After a few months of that, after the first few months of that, one day I just (laughs) realized I kept running into verse after verse after verse that says they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. Now, I was I was raised a Baptist, and you don't do that. You just don't do that. I, and I knew it. it's not it's not that we just don't do that. It's like you don't do that. It's wrong. That's evil. Don't you don't know? You don't know what you're going to get. But I kept hitting. I mean, there it is in the Bible again. There it is in the Bible again. There it is in Acts. There it is in in Ephesians. There it is in Hebrew. There it is in here. You know, it's all over the place where they were baptized in the in the Holy Ghost and they were speaking in tongues. And so I just kept running into it. And one day I finally put my Bible on my lap and I said, God, I'm starting to believe that you want me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm in. Because I want what you want. And I want everything that you have for me. I want to walk in the fullness that you have for my life. So Father, I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. I was sitting in, in my old chair and, and I just, you know, by myself, nobody else around, no music playing, you know, no, nobody laid hands on me. I just said, Father, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, come into my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life and fill me like you did in the, in the, in the Bible. That was it. Just a long silence. I mean, I'd heard the stories. I'd heard about people that just all of a sudden broke out into tongues and they, they saw light and they saw this and the warm glow f- filled them and all this stuff. And I'm just, I'm sitting there waiting for it and nothing's, nothing, nothing's happening. So I prayed again. Okay, Lord, I want to be filled with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. Nothing. Nothing physical. So I was like, all right, well, okay. I didn't doubt it, but I also couldn't tell you that it happened. Didn't know. So short time later, I was talking with my brother, Vern. Some of you have met my brother, Vern, who was a Jesus freak from way back. <laughs> he was the first one to get filled with the Holy Ghost and be a just wilder. You know, he's just a wild guy. He's wonderful. But I was hanging out with him, and I said, hey, I've been reading the Bible, and I've been reading about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I said, I prayed that God would fill me with the Holy Spirit. He's like, oh, that's awesome. What happened? I said, nothing. And he got a big smile on his face, and he goes, what do you mean nothing? I said, nothing, man. I just, no feeling, no tongues, no nothing. Nothing happened. And he goes, can I give you a set of of tapes? Back then it was tapes. Can I give you a set of tapes? I said, sure. So he we went to his house, and he gave me a set of Kenneth Hagin's The Gifts of the Holy Spirit tapes. And I started listening to him. And I still remember Kenneth Hagin talking about it's by faith. Everything we do is by faith. Everything. We get saved by faith. It's not, you don't have to do anything. It, and there's no, there's no evidence other than you believe it. Believe it by faith that God saved you because you, 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 repented you called on his name you've told him you know you said you you're the lord of my life and by faith you believe what the word says that you are saved it's the same thing as being filled with the holy spirit he showed that he talked about that verse 
If you ask for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God, God will give you the Holy Spirit. And then praying in tongues is by faith. It's by faith, just like walking out salvation every day. Just like healing. Okay, good. Because an hour, almost an hour into it, I finally said the word healing. Okay? Because you're going, wait a second, this is healing school. Exactly. But if you don't have the tools, if we don't have the tools, or the understanding, or the right position, we'll never get to where we see the healings. This has to come first. And so uh, I, I was listening to those tapes, and he was talking about faith, and I was like, okay, I believe by faith, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, and now he says we need to speak in tongues. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, alrighty. Now, if you know, if you know me at all, you know, I mean, I can be a goofball, alright? But I'm not going to be an idiot. All right. I, I'm not going to be weird just to be weird. I like to joke around. I like to have fun, but I'm, you know, no, I'm not going to be weird just to be weird. And so the whole idea of by faith beginning to speak in tongues was about as foreign to me as anything else you could imagine. And so I made sure the first time I tried that I was as alone as I could possibly be. And I was in, I don't remember where I was, but I was by myself. And I was like, okay, God, here we go. <sighs> All right. That was a bad mission. Okay, that sounded stupid. And the Holy Spirit said, come on. By faith. All right. Oh, jeez, God, that's so stupid. Sounds like, sounds like I made it up. It just sounds dumb. I'm not going to do this anymore. Forget it. Went back and read the Bible. You know, that's safe. Reading the Bible is safe. Because it doesn't change. It's there. It's been there for thousands of years. It's safe. Just read the Word. Kept running across the verses. They, they were filled with the, filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke in other tongues. And then there's that un, unsatisfied, you know there's something more, but you don't want to be stupid. You know, you don't want to be weird. Okay, God, all by myself, driving to work. Here we go. No, I'm not going to, no, it's just dumb. No, I'm not going to do it. That went on for weeks. Wrestling back and forth, wrestling back and forth. Because in my head, it was, you're making it up. It sounds foolish. Come on, really? How do I know it's the Holy Spirit? So, wrestle with it, wrestle with it. One day I was at work. I was working at, at the factory, and the machine we were working on was making ring bologna. You guys make like ring bologna? Oh, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. No, actually, ring bologna is good. Beef ring bologna, eat the daylights out of it. It's good stuff. But the machine is about this size, has a big hopper on top of it, and it has a single tube that comes out of it, and there's a long table. There's two people that work the table, one guy on that side, one guy on this side. I'm the guy on this side. The guy over there has puts the casings on the tube, ties the end, hits the button with his foot, and it starts shooting it across the table. It comes shooting out, and then he every so often it rings it. It makes the ring, makes the size of the ring. He makes the rings, ties off the other end, puts the next casing on, starts all over. While he's putting the next casing on, I take the ring baloney, put it all on a stick, on a stick, turn around, put it on a rack, make sure it gets all the meat off. You do that for eight hours and you're either brain dead 
or you fill your time with something. And so I used to fill my time with, with music. I had big headphones on because it was loud. I mean, the whole, the whole room was loud. So I had these headphones on with uh, earphones inside and the big Walkman, you know, one of those great big dogs, you know. <laughs> Weighs about 40 pounds or whatever, you know. And I had tapes in there. I had either worship tapes or I had teaching tapes. So I had worship tapes in because I was tired of the teaching tapes because I kept running into... They were filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues. And so I'm working and I'm listening to the worship and the Holy Spirit's dealing with me all day long. Just dealing with me. You need to pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. By faith. Step out. Start doing it. I'm like, oh, no. No, I don't want to do that. All day long. And I finally just got tired of the, and I'll, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'll always be honest. You ever get to the point where you just, with God, just like, just leave me alone. I did. I have many times. Just leave me alone. Quit talking to me. Because I don't want to hear it anymore. And so that day I said, I stand there working, I said, God, just leave me alone. Number one, it sounds stupid. Number two, it sounds like baby talk. Number three, it sounds like I'm making it up. No, I am not going to pray in the Spirit anymore. And I no sooner had said those exact words, and the guy across the table goes, and I went, what? <laughs> and he gets this goofy, and he's a, he was a goofball, okay? So he gets a silly look on his face, and he says the same thing, and I'm not going to be able to repeat it because I just made it up. I don't, that, that wasn't tongues, just so you know, that wasn't. And he says the exact same thing again, really loud. And I went, what are you, t- what are you doing? And he looks at me with this goofy look and he goes, I bet that sounds stupid. I bet that sounds like baby talk. I bet it sounds like I just made it up. But it's this language and this is what I just said. The exact words I had said to God in my heart. He spoke in another language, which he knew. He knew the language and said the exact words back to me. And the Holy Spirit says, how about now? (laughs) And you know, talk about God knowing how to get there. He knows what it takes to get us there. And I said, Father, I repent. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being hard. I'm sorry for resisting by faith. So I didn't do it right then because, okay, I still had this, you know. But on the car ride home, I just said, okay, Lord. And I began to, by faith, speak. And it still sounded goofy. It still sounded like I was making it up. It still sounded like baby talk. But by faith, I began to speak. And it didn't happen right away. But the longer I spoke, all of a sudden it began to flow. And it's flowed for 30 years. Now there's times when I still, by faith, have to start praying. Because God doesn't take over your lips. He doesn't, he doesn't make you do something. It's when we cooperate with Him that He speaks through us. His Spirit speaks through our spirit. We communicate. And the more you do it, the more fluent it will become. Not because you're learning the language, because I still don't know the language. I don't understand what I'm saying. Now, there are times I understand it. There's times when the Holy Spirit has revealed to me very clearly what I've been saying. And I've been able to help people minister because I understood what He was saying, what what I was praying out in the Spirit. But... I still don't understand the words, the, the syllables. So by faith, I began to speak. So, tonight, 
in this third part. I want to give opportunity. Because we're, we're all going to pray in the Spirit for a few moments here. A few minutes. If you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, if you've never been baptized, and don't look at this as, oh great, what if I'm the only one? Who cares? I'll be excited. I'll be very pumped. This will be great. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, tonight is your night. Tonight's the night. You're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Not because something happens, but because the Word of God says, if you ask, you will receive. It's the way, it's just by faith. Secondly, I encourage you to pray in the Spirit, because we're all going to pray in the Spirit. We're all going to pray. Everybody who's been baptized in the Spirit before, we're, we're all going to pray. We're all going to play, pray loudly. Now, here's the, the second big step of faith. Because most people will pray the Spirit as long as they don't move their lips. And they just... Does anybody see me? But you do that when, when, there's, when you're the only believer. When, you know, when you, there's times to do that. But, yeah, the elevator, yeah. <laughs> but, we're in a believer's meeting. We're in a believer's meeting. I believe, you know, I don't know everybody, but, but, we're in a different kind of meeting. This one is, we're, we're, we're teaching, we're training, we're learning. And so here, we're gonna step out by faith. And I want you to, I want you to pray in the Spirit, and I want you to pray out loud. Not, you don't have to yell, please no screaming, you know, just, but pray in the Spirit. Just pray out loud. And if you're not praying out loud enough, I have been given the, the right to tell you to be louder. Just like sitting in the first three rows. So, anybody never been filled with the Holy Spirit? Anybody at all? Anybody? Any, never been filled with the Holy Spirit? Tonight's your night. That's awesome. Do you want to be? Do you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Amen. Praise God. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Awesome. That's the first prerequisite. Anytime, anytime uh, someone wants to be filled with the Spirit, what's important is they must be born again first. And that's why I just asked. I, I don't know. I don't know you real well. I've, you know, I've seen you around a number of times. But I always ask because uh, the Bible says that if that the world cannot know the Holy Spirit, they don't. It doesn't, they don't recognize. You, and so the only way you can recognize the Holy Spirit is to come through Jesus. You must be born again. And once you're born again. The whole world opens up to you. The whole spiritual world. And, and then you can receive the Holy Spirit. So that's why I just asked anybody else want to be, never been filled with the Holy Spirit? Anybody? Never been? Great. Don't remember. Awesome. And anyone else? Yeah. Mm hmm. Yes. And, yeah. And I'm sorry, like, you know, we use the words all over the place. When, when Jesus rose from the dead and showed, showed himself to the disciples, um, he walked through the wall, which freaked everybody out. And he showed himself, and it says that they, that there, they believed in him. That's where I believe they were born again, is they believed, yes, you just, you rose from the dead, I, tr I trust, I believe that so on and so forth. And it says that he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So, yes, when someone gets born again, you receive the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. You can't get born again without receiving the Holy Spirit. But then Jesus, after showing himself for 50 days or 40 days, said to them, he says, don't leave Jerusalem until you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, with power. And that's, that's the, that is the deal. So it is two separate, two two things that happen to them. Um, yes, uh, receive the Holy Spirit when you're born again, but 
the baptism of the Holy Spirit with power to be a witness. That's the whole purpose is to be a witness. It's, it's not just to feel good. It's not just, just to build ourselves up, but he builds us up to be a witness. Okay. Anybody else? First time. Awesome. Can I have you guys stand up? Can I have you stand up? And then can I have some folks just gather around them? And what we're all going to do is to Pray with them. Now, a lot of times in the old Te- or in the New Testament, they laid hands on them. The disciples laid hands on the people who were being filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's just a point of contact. It doesn't always, like I say, I feel I was I was baptized in the Holy Spirit sitting in my room. And then what I'll do is it's just like a prayer, and I'll tell you exactly how we're going to pray. It's kind of like being when when somebody is born again, you you pray a prayer, but it's you know it's I repent, Jesus come into my life, be the Lord of my life. It's just, it's just a confession of your belief. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit is the same thing. You ask, Holy Spirit, come into my life. Fill me with your Spirit. It's nothing more than that. It's really the whole prayer right there. But it's good to say that, to say it out loud. So why don't everybody else stand up? This is your first time? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. Nope. That's it. And that's the deal. You asked, and, and I believe you've received. You spoke in tongues. So now it's just a matter of 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 practicing. Do it's not. It's not even practicing. It's just doing it. <laughs> you know. It's just praying in the spirit. So, Amen. All right. Let's pray with you guys, and then we'll just. Then what I want us all to do is to begin to pray in the spirit and and be bold. I know the person next to you may hear you. I'm so sorry. Please forgive. <laughs> But it's okay. We'll be all right. So, let's pray real quick. Father God, so pray with me, those who haven't been filled with the Spirit. Father God, I want to be filled with your Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and with power. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So now, by faith by faith we begin to pray in the spirit so let's do that and i encourage you guys to do it too and what you do you still have to open your mouth you still have to to speak but don't speak in english or any other known language that you have just allow him to lead you and it may be one syllable i i knew a guy you know you you knew him too all he would all he would pray was you know who i'm talking about don't you yeah and i used to i used to think what a goofball okay because we'd get into a meeting, he'd start praying in the spirit. <laughs> I thought, come on, you know, no. And, I, and then one day, I was just watching a random uh, uh, documentary of this tribe in the middle of nowhere, and they were talking to each other, and they're all going. I I have to repent to Sam, you know. I just have to repent because that's exactly what they were doing. Never mind. I give up. See, that's where pride gets in the way, doesn't it? You know? All right. So we're all going to pray in the spirit for a while and just pray out loud. Don't, don't be shy. Don't be crazy. You know, don't, whatever. Hallelujah. I'm going to lay hands on you if that's all right. 
Ira na moshondoro mandara na kila kendoro no bendera kere le datoro misa le bendera him. Ira na mano moshoro no mitara kila kire na matara him. Ira na no mosodre misha le mandara kere le nandoro kolo do mondoro betara nila bendera kare na mandara him. By faith begin to speak. Guru ne mandara kila ke shere ne mandara te la mandara koto do mandara hi. Ira na mandara kosho lo tonda na masara bendera kila kenda hi. Barana mandara botro mishili menani mandaro kure de betre kila kira ni mendere talo mosolo botre him. Arana mandaro mosolo mondre kire de metre kila katare hi. Ile kire ni mendere kala mondro kushala batara natare ina limesi marano kishara de bate him. Ele batara mitara kem. Ala batare kire ni mendere kora de mile patara ne mandara kila keshara mide hi. Arana masara mendere nere de mondro kushala mandara kire de bate. Ila mandro kushara ni mandro tolo mandandra di ila betere ni masa him Ira ni mandra kushara mandro kura de batra kim Ira ni mandra kalaka andra him Andra matra kishala mandro botra hi Ira ni mandra kele kura ni mandra kala botra him Ira ni mandra kashamin All right, hang on for a second Here's the thing about praying in the Spirit is the Bible says that the Spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets, which means that God doesn't overwhelm you and make you do anything. You control. You still have control. You can start. You can stop. You can start anytime. You can stop anytime. And so just now I wanted everybody to stop because it's so you can stop. But now we're going to start again, just to give you just a, an, an opportunity to experience that. Let's pray again. Here in a moshudor min dera kela kadra min dera ni batara mandara katamihim ele bandoro mundara kara ne mandara kela kish alo batoro min dera kela kadro mosole batahim ere ne mandro koshale undro no basa paramela mandatura mirele yetohim. Ila kashala mandraha, ila tomono bondra kile kitehi, ara numbusholu botarahim barakate, ila kashuru mondoro kile katerehim. Can you get the white tongues um, back in the, the, for two, I'll get two of them. Oh, she does, okay, then one for Bob, please. Kire na mundoro kushala mandara kara de mendere kileket Oro ni mandara kire di noboro mundoro kula bandara kashahim Ire ni mandara talamasa batarahim Alleluia Praise the Lord Alright, you may be seated Praise the Lord Alright, so We, first of all, just go back over our notes real quick the first part we talked about was that in dealing with healing. Oh, so Debbie has a, a book that I want to give to you, Bob. Uh, it's called Why Tongues. And I think somebody's already given you one. Awesome. And what that is, just all the scriptures, because everything needs to be based on scripture. It's not my opinion. It's not what other people, it's not what we think. It's what does the word say? Do you have one of those by chance? We'll, we'll get you another. We'll get, it, we'll get it afterwards. Just my wife, this is my wife, Debbie. She can get you one after the service. Um, and so uh, everything's based on the Word of God, and it's, it has to be biblical, otherwise why do it? It's just, we don't, it's, we're not going to make stuff up here. We're not going to waste our time. So that's important. So um, we first of all started talking about not being politically correct. Well, tongues isn't necessarily politically correct in the world today and in, in the Christian circles today. But why isn't it politically correct? Because 
it's the power of God. His, his salvation is the power of God. But tongues, he, he said, when we do it, we build ourselves up. Paul said we build ourselves up. And when we do that, it's to be a witness. The more we pray in the Spirit, the stronger we get. You'll notice it. You'll, you'll experience it. There will be times when you do it completely by faith. I'm telling you, you'll pray in the Spirit for a long period of time and you'll think that nothing, absolutely nothing happened except in the, by faith, it's true. It's, it's what happens. And then also then there'll be times when in what, what, uh, Kenneth Hagin used to call the gusher, where it would just, it'll take off, man. I mean, it'll just be, well, it's cool. It's really cool. There's times when you can't, there's been times when I've woke up and Debbie's praying in the spirit in her sleep. There's times. It's just, there's times I've woken up and I've been praying in the spirit. There's times I'm praying in the spirit in my sleep. I can hear, I can, I can, I know I'm praying in the spirit in my sleep. And then there's weeks where I don't pray in the spirit. So then, you know, that's not good either, but it is, it, we, we practice. It's, it's something we do by faith. And when we do it, we're going to be doing it more and more, both obviously in these classes, but also in church. We, it's, we're building ourselves up. We're getting in the right position to be able to experience all that God has for us. Amen. All right. Last big point of tonight. Mark chapter 11. You can headline this one, the, 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 the main point is faith. Mark eleven twenty two. Beginning with that. Mark eleven twenty two through twenty five says Have faith in God. Jesus answered. Just to give you a real quick, and and you probably already know this, but it's just good for the tape. It's good for, you know, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The context of what's happening here is Jesus has been going into Jerusalem during the days and teaching. He's been going back out to the Mount of Olives to get away from people. Uh, People were crowding him, and, and he just couldn't have time of peace. So he'd go into Jerusalem and preach, and he'd go back out to the Mount of Olives. On one of the trips from the Mount of Olives into Jerusalem, uh, he's going in, and as he is, he's hungry. And he sees a fig tree, if I remember right. Was it a fig? I think it was a fig, fig tree. Yep. So he sees a fig tree. And now the, what's interesting is the verse says that it wasn't the season for, fi- for figs, which is, is a spiritual connotation. There's, there's a spiritual, there's something spiritual happening here. And so, but he's hungry and he sees this fig tree, but it's not the season for figs, but he gets mad. I know that doesn't sound very theologically, you know, you don't want to think Jesus got mad, but it says he, he, he was upset. And he said, may you never produce fruit again, and kept walking by. That's all he said. May you never produce fruit again. Now, one, one of the trans, one of the, the gospels says that immediately it withered. The other one said the next morning when they went by again, it was withered. Immediately or 24 hours, it doesn't really matter. It withered, okay? It withered at his word. And everybody was astonished. They went, look, did you, did you see? You know, look what just happened. Wow. And Jesus said, what do you, what do you all expect? Don't you realize? And he, this is where he picks, this is where it picks up. And what he says, he says, have faith in God. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask 
in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. So, this miracle happens, and Jesus says, I don't know what you guys are so excited about, I could, we, we could speak to that mountain over there and tell it to be removed. And if we say it and we believe it in our hearts and we do not doubt at all, that mountain's going. That, it's the same power that when God said, let there be light, there was light. He believed it. He believed that when he spoke those words, that it would happen. And I was just, I was driving tonight, uh, I can't remember who was here or saw, I was driving, I was listening to the radio, and they were talking about um, that there are still galaxies being formed continuously. There's still, like, there's, there's whole, there's regions of space that are producing galaxies. Thousands of years ago, God said, let there be light, and it's still being created. That's the kind of power that God has. That when He speaks one thing one time, it just keeps producing. It just keeps happening. That's the kind of power we have. But why don't we see, why don't we see the results of our prayer? Doubt. Well, I don't doubt. Yes, you do. Well, that's not very nice of you. Why would you tell me that I'm doubting? Because if you weren't doubting, you'd have it. How many of you have read The Real Faith by Charles S. Price? R. Price. Charles R. Price? Charles Price. In there, he's, he just makes that point very clear. And it's, it, you know, the first time I read it, I it just, it kind of stuck right in my throat right here. I didn't like it. But it's true. He says, if you believe it and you do not doubt, you have it. It's a done deal. It is. It's just automatic. So if I don't have it, why don't I have it? Because I doubted. Apparently. He gets to be God. He gets to, you know, and he knows things that I don't know. It also says, though, if you have anything against anybody, forgive them. That might be another reason why we don't get what we want. Well, but you don't understand what they did to me. I don't care. He doesn't care. God doesn't care. Forgive them. There's, there's, there could be a bunch of things. Because the Bible has all kinds of things that says, here's why you're not receiving. You're asking with the wrong motives. You're, you're doing this. But it's not politically correct to tell somebody. It's not politically correct to tell them, you apparently doubted. <gasps> Well, apparently, you know, apparently, I'm sorry, I just, you know, I'm just taking scripture here. Aunt Gertrude, does anybody have an aunt, Aunt Gertrude? You have an Aunt Gertrude. You know what? Just suck it up, Wayne. All right. But you don't understand. Aunt Gertrude was the most wonderful Christian. She was such a lovely believer, and, and I know when she prayed for her healing that she had just did it with a purity of heart. And I, you know, so apparently God doesn't heal anymore because if anybody was going to be healed, it would be Aunt Gertrude. Isn't that the way we talk about people? And I, yeah. So 
So apparently then God doesn't heal anymore because he didn't heal Aunt Gertrude. Eh, wrong answer. And I, I'm not trying to be a jerk. It's just the truth. It isn't God's fault that he didn't, that person didn't get healed. He has all the ability to heal. He has all of the desire to heal. He's done everything he needs to do through Jesus on the cross for you to be healed. If you're not healed, it's not his fault. But that's not politically correct. And nobody wants to hear that. Nobody likes it. John Stevenson, he's not here to defend himself. But John Stevenson, long time ago, actually spoke during an offering up here, and he said that God, he was, he was, he was mad at God because his finances were out of control. And he prayed about it. He said, God, what's the, what's the deal here? Why is my, why are my finances out of control? Why are my finances not working? And he said, God spoke to him very clearly and says, John, you're the problem. Well, nobody wants to hear that. You're the problem. But John was so cool because he says, no, I, I want to know that. If I'm the problem, I can fix that. I can, I can try. I can, you know, okay, God, show me where I'm, you know, show me where I'm messing up and I'll change. I'll do what you want me to do with your power, by your anointing, whatever it may be. But if, if I don't know it's me, then I'm going to think it's something else. And obviously it can't be, if it's not me, then it's got to be God, right? That's a problem. We have to get past the politically correct crud. We have to get past worrying about hurting somebody's feelings. The, the, Deb knows this verse better than me. The wounds of a friend are better than, what's that whole verse? The wounds of a friend are better than the flattery of an enemy or flattery or something like that. It is better for somebody to speak the truth to us than for everybody to tell you, oh no, you're fine. It doesn't feel good, but let's get to the truth. Why aren't we seeing healings over? Why are we not seeing everybody we pray for get healed? It's because we're not doing it right. And you've heard me say this already. I just had to say it once at least during these classes. But it's kind of the, the core of what we're talking about. So let's learn to do it right. And one of these things is doubt. We have to deal with doubt. We have to deal. Now, in the nine minutes we have left, there's no way I'm going to get all the way through this. We'll move into it next week fully. But here's where time, the Word, and praying in the Spirit all work together. If right now, and I've shared this on a Sunday morning, if right now we're seeing 19% of the people that we pray for healed. And 19% is the placebo effect. That was told to me by a nurse here in the church that the studies are that 19 if, if, if 100 people have a disease and you give a sugar pill to everybody, 19% of them will be healed by the sugar pill, by the placebo effect. Be, for whatever reason, they'll, they will come out of that ailment. I doubt we're even seeing 19% in the past have seen 19% of healings, total healings in the church. If we're not better than the placebo effect, then we have nothing to talk about. We don't have, we're not, we don't, we're not walking in the power. My goal, my goal in my lifetime is over 50%. 
I don't know if we can hit, if we hit 100%, glory to God. But if we can get one out of every two healed, I mean, really totally healed, dude, that'd be awesome. Jesus had 100%. There's not one story, not one, where somebody came to him, asked them to heal him, or asked them to be healed, did they walk away not healed. Every one of them was healed. Every single one. Not once. Oh, put on your politically correct steel-toed shoes. Not one place in the Bible did it say that Jesus said, no, you need the sickness to learn something. Not once. Not once did He say, I, I won't heal you, but I'll give you the grace to die. I know that sounds really spiritual, and I've heard it so many times, and, and I've heard it here. And I'm not, I'm not scolding you. I'm scolding us, the body of Christ. I, I'm, I'm dealing with one of these politically incorrect, but if I, we don't deal with it, we'll never deal with it. We're not healed in death. You die in death. And I know that's, we've all, I've said it. We've all said it. At some point in time, we said, well, at least the person is healed now. They're in heaven. No, they're dead. The truth is, God has the power, and He's appropriated the power to be healed fully here on earth. Well, you have to die sometime. My mom said, John, you have to die from something. And I said, yes, you do. At some point in time, you step over from this life to that, but it doesn't have to be cancer. It doesn't have to be pneumonia. It doesn't have to be diabetes. It doesn't have to be an infection. It doesn't have to be hardening of the arteries. It doesn't have to be a billion other things. Debbie has an aunt, had an aunt, 89? Oh, she was in her 70s. Lived her life to the fullest, woke up in the morning, went down, gave blood, worked at the blood mobile, went to another place, did quilting, made quilts all afternoon to go overseas, came home, was walking past her neighbor's house and said, hey, do you want to check on me in an hour? I'm not really feeling very good. Went, sat down and went, into the, went to heaven. Lived her life right to the end. Whatever age. I, you know, I'm not, ages isn't, isn't the point. Kenneth Hagin got up, ate a bunch of bacon, <laughs> smiled at his wife, and died. I heard somebody say, see, it's the bacon. You know, it's the bacon. No. It's just the human condition. There'll be a day when you step from this life into the other, but you don't have to do it dying piece by piece from some sickness or ailment. It's just we don't. You don't have to. And until you, we get it here, and I know it's a struggle. It is a total struggle. Because you're fighting against everything that you have grown up hearing. You've, you're fighting against every spiritual, religious thought and, and, and sounding good because, you know, you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, uh, saying that, you know, well, but, you know, sometimes God calls them to be a part of a garden. 
How many have heard? How many have heard that? The garden of they've he's called home another flower to be a part of his garden in heaven. You've never heard that. No. Oh my gosh, you haven't lived yet. You just heard it for the first time. Oh, you that must have been a southern Minnesota thing. I don't know, but I heard one time this lady goes, oh yeah, you know, they brought home my grandson, my 14-year-old grandson, because God just needed another, another addition to the garden in heaven. It just sounds really nice, but it's just like, my goodness. <laughs> Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Anything, 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 anything that looks like killing, stealing, and destroying before a, what, with a long life, he shall satisfy you. Children, obey your parents. For with long life, he will satisfy you. Say it with me, Tally. <laughs> obey your parents. For with long life, he shall satisfy you. Yes, all the time. She just asked if my parents did this to me. I said, yes, all the time. Wasn't in front of everybody else, but but they did say it. But the Bible says, with long life he shall satisfy you. When you're satisfied, go anytime you want. But it doesn't have to be by sickness and 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 disease and and no. I know that isn't that that here. I can feel the I can feel the war going on right now, can't you? I can feel it. There's there's this war going on, but yeah, but. I know. Because we've lived this way our whole lives, and our grand, and our parents lived this way their whole life, and our grandparents lived this, we've lived in that system our whole existence. And so when we start hearing that there's a different system, it starts triggering the war. That's why the Pharisees fought against Jesus so hard, is they thought they had the system figured out. And what was great for them was they had the system, they controlled the system. So once he started saying, your system is bankrupt, publicly, they called him every name in the book. They, they railed against him. They tried getting everybody around him to be ticked, and they eventually did. And then privately, they'd come and say, okay, we know that you're from God. Nicodemus says, we, we all know that you came from God, but well, what do we have to do to be saved? You have to be born again. Huh? didn't fit into their system. Healing doesn't fit into the natural system of humans. Why? Because we've been dying for thousands of years of all kinds of things. And to have God say, there's a different way to live, is a, is a, oh. And that's why this is going to be, this is why it's been hard and why it is a battle. And you must fight it. It is a fight. It is a fight. I can guarantee you, it's a fight. I've been fighting it myself for the last number of years. When God started talking to me about healing, He did it so far out ahead that I could walk through some of those battles before I get up here and, okay, here's what I'm going to say now because, because I know it's true now. There are things that I know are true because I've experienced them. You don't have to be sick. Oh, wait a second, Pastor John. Don't. Don't be ticking off Satan like that. I know, it's, it just triggers that. <gasps> it's a war. Why? Because he wants to kill you. 
He wants you to be blind. He wants you to be deaf. He wants you to be lame. He wants you to die of diabetes. He wants you to die sick and useless. That's not very nice. It's not very nice to say useless. How many of you ever, how many of you are, uh, uh, Lord of the Rings fans? There's a line in Lord of the Rings where the king, he says, the worst fate of a man is not to die. The worst fate of a man is to die useless and withered and not able to live. We can live right to the end. That is, you see it in the Bible all over the place. Caleb takes a mountain in his 80s. He says, I'm just as strong as I was 40 years ago. We can be strong. Now, what if we're, what if we're, what if we're struggling right now? How many of you are struggling with something right now? Yeah. Okay. We have a battlefield. Or you know somebody who's struggling with something. We have a battlefield. Let's, let's fight. Let's go. Because you don't have to be an expert marksman to fight. You can just start because, here's my, one of my mom's things. She always had them on the refrigerator magnets. You and God are a majority. You and God are a majority. You win. And and He'll give you the grace where you're at right now. I I don't know what to do. Yeah, okay. You don't know what to do. Do what He tells you to do. Today it might just be, instead of sitting down, standing up. I don't know. I don't know. Why haven't we had a prayer line yet? Why haven't I had a prayer line in in the two months that I've been preaching on healing? Because it's not about prayer lines. We're believers. We're believers. You are already healed. You're already healed. You were healed 2,000 years ago at Calvary. That is our reference point. Once we get that, once we understand this, wait a second, I'm already healed? What does that mean? That he'll, I'll, I'll repair, my body will repair faster? No, it means that that might be the way it happens, but it could also be instantaneously restored instantaneously restored. And you're already healed. It's fighting for that. It's believing it. And it's it's fighting that good fight however He leads you to fight it. And we're all going to have to fight it. Then there's the whole aspect of praying for people out there. That's different. That is different than us. Let's start here. Let's deal with us first. Let's let's get an understanding for healing because then we'll have a testimony to tell people, hey, you know what God did for me? And then when you tell that testimony, that power is released again. You're going to be amazed. Read 1 Corinthians 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15. Meditate on it. Bring some questions next week. It's Bible. It's, it's healing school. It's not healing sermon, healing Sunday. It's healing school. Bring questions. We'll have time for that. Let's pray. And I'll, we'll dismiss. Father, Thank you for your word. Thank you that this is all based on your word. It's not my opinion. It's not our opinion. It's your opinion. It's what you know to be true. And that you have done everything you've done, all that you needed to do through Jesus for us to walk in total healing, total restoration of our bodies. Thank you, Father, that you get that revelation knowledge increases every time. Help us, Father, to pray in the Spirit more tomorrow than we did today and then more the next day than we did the day before. Help us to pray in the Spirit, as Your Word says, without ceasing. Praying continually in the Spirit. 
total communion with you. And then give us the ability, the boldness to step out by faith, to see the world around us change by your power. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.